0: Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 152, episode 3 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, yeah. a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say, officially, off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, oh. fuck Fox News, oh, fuck, fuck Rush off. Limbaugh, fuck Ben Jeez. Shapiro, fuck Tucker Carlson, and fuck Fondant. fondant it is yeah. Wednesday. Fondant or Fondant? fondant. I, like,
1: I like Fondant. Fondant. That feels fun. I mean, because uh, in the end, we're just have terrible takes on cake so we might as well that's right you know fancy it up a cake takes bit. uh that's what they come come here for
0: <laughs> it's wednesday september 23rd 2020 my name is jack o'brien aka wearing my g-string making my thighs seem get ready to simp because they're covered in oil Wasted away again in Dugaritaville. Uh, that is courtesy of Christy Amagooch. And I'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Hey I,
1: I I'm still so high. Hey, I. Still so high uh, That was one of my <laughs> favorite uh, Pearl Jam songs ever I just came up with that right now Because I didn't have time to check Twitter I stayed yeah. off of it today uh, But yeah, thank you to my brain And my sense of 90s nostalgia And Eddie Vedder, <laughs> obviously, for that Yeah, yeah uh,
0: Well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat By the hilarious and talented Allison Rosen
2: Hello, thank you for having me Oh, hey, thank for coming thanks on. for being here very excited to be here.
1: I'm glad we... So for people who have don't listen to Will You Accept This Rose, Alice and I were on a recent episode of that with Arden, who was Monday's guest, and we're like, let's just take it to the zeitgeist. Let's just yeah, keep yeah. it right. Yeah. Let's keep the pods coming. And then you've blessed us with your presence here on our second-rate podcast, so thank you.
2: <laughs> well, let's see if I if I stay the whole show. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, right. At a certain point, I might be like, My wife this is just so <laughs> second-rate.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I only right. do... Top tier shows, but you, but I am interested in talking about fondant or fondant. So right, I mean, I feel right. like that bumps you guys up.
1: I was, do. You, what's your feeling on fondant on cakes? Do you like them, or is it just it's really for show? Is our feeling, and we don't like it
2: because do you feel like it's a do you feel like it's a lie? Sort of like is it like nah, fake tits of frosting?
1: It's not a lot of work to eat.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. like chewy. I don't know. It comes um, off. It's like putting skin on your on your cake. <laughs> I don't no. like it. it That's one way to look at
2: it. <laughs> I am going to come out in favor of it. Oh, I wow. do feel like I do feel like occasionally I have tried to eat some and I'm like, "Oh, this is plastic." Maybe right. this isn't even edible. This is like, you know that but, that shitty button candy where it's just like dots of sugar. Uh, I think they're sugar. called dots. Yeah. No, that's another shitty candy. I
1: think. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, which, what's, what are the button, button ones? candy?
2: Is like you guys might be too young. Oh, is it to the one that's on the paper? Yes, it looks like paper oh, from. Yeah. They're from like a, an adding machine, like an analog adding machine. And yeah, then there's like, like a, these little like dots. like a
1: Scantron form, but it's like yes. psychedelic and oh, wow. rainbow colored dots exactly. on it. Yeah, yeah. But the shittiest.
2: You pick it off at <laughs>
0: Scantron each... candy. <laughs>
2: each one has paper on it still. So that can be yeah. like fondant. But I don't know. It's There's something magical about how shiny it is. They should oh. call that
0: shit Rainbow Scantron candy. I yeah. did. <laughs> when I was picturing it in my head, I was thinking of that candy. But I was calling it Dots. Dots are just the, uh, are like jelly, uh, what's it called? Like jelly thimbles. Dots. Yeah, little thimbles of jelly candy.
2: Yeah, Dots are supposed to be gumdrops without... Gumdrops, th- this came up recently. My podcast is not about snacks. We just talk about snacks a lot. Uh, and... Dots came up on the show because we were—I was polling people to find out do you think that they're awful or good—and I was shocked at how many people love dots. I've literally never met someone until all of a sudden all these dot fans came out of the woodwork.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't—I don't trust them. I, th- I think that's a great first question. We usually uh, open up asking our guests what their search history is, and over it. I think we're going to start asking. Start by asking them uh, what their feelings are on dots. Yeah, it tells you
2: a lot about. I mean, that should be something that's in like a dating profile. Yeah.
1: Oh yes, 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 yes.
2: Because it's a deal breaker kind of question.
1: It's sort of well, it's indicative of like what brings someone pleasure, you know. (laughs) And I think when you're someone like, whoa, that, Uh, I don't know, then I don't know if we're speaking the same
2: language anymore. Mm -hmm. Exactly.
0: Uh, All right. We are going to get to know you a little bit better in a second, Allison. First, we are going to tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about. Uh, We're going to talk about the Supreme Court vacancy. Pat Toomey is probably the senator who seals it. Um, we'll, we'll see. We also have, you know, Romney. They're, they're in competition to see who seals it. Either way, we're fucked. It's weird, uh, like,
1: cause even, yeah, it's, it's still, anything, it's 2020, you know? Hey. A fucking alien could, you know, Independence Day, the Capitol, and we'd be like, yeah, I don't know, I guess fucking 2020. Yeah. Didn't <laughs> seem
2: hopeful for, like, a second? I feel like there was, like, a day where it's like, oh, maybe they'll actually be able to you know, maybe the Republican. We're we're not supposed to talk about this yet, right? We just talk about uh, it later.
0: It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, let's talk about it later. Okay.
2: But
1: uh, yeah, I As know. As in, like, maybe saying. tomorrow. Let's just ignore this. <laughs> I mean, right. it's kind of overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, put,
2: let's put a pin in this.
1: All right, let's talk some dots, though,
0: huh? We're going to ask the question who could it be now? Uh, it's looking like Amy Coney Barrett, uh, depending on how much they. Are willing to dig into the People of Praise group? We're going to talk mm. about that. the The group she's a part of that is the inspiration. Don't spoil it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, the the
2: inspiration for a prestige TV show. Which yeah. one is it? Though? Which one is it? You don't it? know.
0: You'll find out at eleven. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about the COVID nineteen death toll. We're going to talk. Uh, I won't tell you what milestone it's passed, but it sure has passed a milestone. Uh, we're going to talk about foods that changed when we weren't looking. Uh, General Mills sort of told on themselves about some of our childhood cereals. So we'll talk about dots. that. We'll talk <laughs> right, about, exactly. yeah, dots. Uh, not as good as they used to be. The dot we'll Talk about the hour. FinCEN leak. <laughs> leak. Uh, we'll talk about uh, junk food advertising during the pandemic. All of that. Plenty more. But first, Allison, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are?
2: Um, Okay, so uh, my search was portable notebook ad 1990s. And this was one of like 1,400 similar searches. I also did portable brother ad 1980s, portable typewriter ad 1980s, 1990s. I could not find what I was looking for. The reason I was looking for this is the aforementioned Art and Marine who um, was just on my podcast, she and I on email, we talking about a book that I want to write. Um, and she's sort of been helping me just, I don't know, she's been trying to motivate me to like, just do it, just put it on paper. And I feel like the blank page is daunting. And I feel like I just, i I I just want to leave it in my brain to like marinate right now, which is really just me being lazy. I don't feel like sitting in front of my computer. And I was saying like, I think my computer is intimidating me right now. I need one of those portable typewriters from the ads in 17 way back when where like you could take it on a train. And I, I said more details about the ad that I was talking about. Um, but I wasn't sure if she would remember what I meant. So then I was trying to find an image of this ad and um I can't find it. I am left now to wonder, did I invent this? This is like, oftentimes this will happen to me where I'm like, there was an episode of Facts of Life that was a takeoff of Twilight Zone, right? That's so (laughs) weird, though. Did I imagine that? And I did not imagine it. It is called Seven Little Indians. So anyway, there was like, I feel like it was sort of like a smart typewriter or something. It was like a Dell typewriter, but it had some kind of computer aspect of it. And it was I don't, I don't think it was the 80s. I think it was the 90s. And it was in either like 17 Magazine or Sassy. I read all those magazines, Sassy Magazine. Mm-hmm. And they would show two different people using this, like, I don't know if it was IBM or Toshiba. I don't know what Brother or Dell or what it was, but two different people and like how it would be incorporated into their life. And it was like on one page and it was split down the middle. And like one person took it on the train and they did. And the other one like went to a cafe. Um, Help her but out, I, cannot, I cannot find it. So Is someone it, listening mean, probably Are you doesn't. sure
0: it's not the Macintosh one? What, what,
1: what you're describing is more like I would call like a word processor, right? Right. Yes. Early, early like, word processor because that's what they would call them back then when like it was a typewriter. It's like, but it had this little tiny screen on it, so it's yes. kind of like a computer. So maybe search word I don't know. That's. I remember my mom I think you're right. Used to type like her like movie articles like when she was critiquing films like on one of those, and I was like, what the fuck is this thing? It's so weird, and it's like <laughs> the smallest screen. Uh, but yeah, WordPro. Or she word tell processor. you it's
0: the wave of the future.
1: Well, in, in Japanese, you call it WAPRO, which is a WADO <laughs> PROCESSA. So you just you just basically short condensed it. So you like, yeah, that's that WAPRO right there. That wapro. Maybe I should have
2: ser- searched wapado.
1: Yeah, or word <laughs> processor ad, whatever. But yeah, if there's any yeah. uh, typist uh, or enthusiasts, uh, archivists, historians, please please holler at Allison. That yeah, yeah. Well, that
2: so initially when I typed like portable typewriter ad. Vin- these really old vintage ads were coming up. And I was like, right. this is not right. at all From what like I'm the 40s. For. Like, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, the first time that they sold typewriters that weren't bolted down to like <laughs> the house that you lived in. Right. <laughs> they
2: did used to, because I remember my parents had them, they each had one, like his and hers. They must, it was probably like a wedding present or something. And they came in these like big, almost suitcases that you would carry them around. And I'm sure they were super heavy.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember the typewriter my family had when I was growing up was, came in like a, a suitcase thing.
1: Yeah. Um, also yeah. A, a personal defense weapon.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is something you think is overrated?
2: Oh, I wrote down two of them. Wow. One is more frivolous and one is a little... No, I'll do the... Okay, I'll do the more serious one. Um, I personally think doing things really young and being advanced is overrated. I was in, I wasn't like Doogie Howser or anything. I was just your average kind of like accelerated kid. I was, you know, in AP classes I was taking. So I was taking some college classes in high school, some high school classes in eighth grade. And it, I always, it just felt like extra pressure. I feel like most, if you're going to, if you have the, the ability to to do those subjects you eventually will get to them. What is right. the rush? And then also, I wrote for the LA Times when I was 18, which was like a real big feather in my cap. You know, I, was, I started Hell writing yeah. when I was in high school, and I, for the longest time, I was like the youngest person in any situation I was in, and so much of my identity was kind of shaped around this idea of like being the, I'm so young to be doing X, Y, Z. But the Prodigy. problem with that- yeah. yeah Again, I don't mean I don't want to paint myself out as like I didn't graduate Harvard at eighteen or at fourteen. Or I didn't. I also didn't go to Harvard, but I, I wasn't like one of those people. But <laughs> right, I right. was, you know, y- younger yeah. than everyone. Yeah, yeah. You were um, the Cameron
1: Crow of the L.A. Times. You know, yes. there you go, there you
2: go. <laughs> um, but the problem with that is it doesn't last, and then. Uh, you know, eventually, all of a sudden, you're the same age as everyone, and then all of a sudden, everyone's younger than you, and it can mess you up. So mm-hmm. I just think that whole thing is overrated because it sets you up to then have trouble transitioning into, like, just being of average age. Right, yeah.
1: Having adult adult mediocrity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sort of like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Yeah, my wife uh, was a like musical prodigy when she was young, and I think it like totally turned her off of music. Like yeah. she. She was, like, playing Carnegie Hall when she was, like, seven. and Wow. The whole, the whole trick was, like, she look how young she the is. The whole trick?
1: She, what do you mean? Was it was, like, a flea circus?
0: It's just a, yeah, flea circus. Yeah. It's a she bullshit. wasn't playing. No, no. It was a
1: computer doing all work. <laughs> no,
0: that's not, the work. She was an amazing the... musician. But then, it like. It was actually
2: a chicken playing a piano behind her. Right. <laughs> right. That was
0: the And re- that's the real
1: <laughs> gag. And they didn't even show the chicken.
0: <laughs> but I remember her friends from high school, when they, like, met me, they were, like, you haven't seen her play? Like the piano or the violin because she just like kind of got burnt out early. Right. I think that also happens. Right. right.
2: And also I feel like that one relates to people right now who feel like their life is stalled because of the pandemic, which I think is everyone. Yeah. And also if you have kids doing remote learning and all that, and these concerns about like what's going to happen, they're off track. Um, it'll be okay. Yeah. I, I th- they'll figure I it out.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you have young children too, right?
2: I do. Yeah, I have a yeah. three and a half year old and a one and a half year old.
0: Yeah, I have a four Shout and a two. Parents. And
2: whoo, you have four and two.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, so
2: they're like the same ages. It yeah. is tough.
0: One of the best things I heard early on was like when we were worried about our older boy like being potty trained, and one of these like child uh, experts was like. Yeah, you know what? I don't know too many kids who like got to high school and still were not potty trained. You'll be fine. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, that's Yeah. That's a longer time frame. I feel better uh, now."
1: Uh, uh, what what? High school?
0: Yeah. Have you huh. did you not get it by then? I mean, college <sighs> definitely I, I actually went backwards just, in college because I was drinking so much. Well, but, I just uh,
1: well, to Allison's point, I think doing things so early is a little overrated. <laughs> I'm, I'm still I'm still on my potty journey.
0: Right, right. But you I have like pull ups, and that's I've always been impressed by that. That you, yeah.
1: Well, they're fucking sick as fuck because they have like I got them in like designer prints now, so right. they're cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Allison, what is something you think is underrated?
2: Oh. Um, I feel like this is a real basic kind of thing, but I think just one of those heat pads that you plug in is underrated. I think yeah. not enough people talk about loving a heat pad. Uh, every night, I plug mine in, I turn it up, and I get in bed and I put it on my abdomen, but really, I could put it anywhere. And I feel super snugly and comfy and cozy, and it like instantly relaxes me. Now, some people don't like to be warm, but I do. Mm -hmm. And I find that it's just like um, sometimes if I'm feeling super stressed, I'll just turn on. (laughs) This is painting such a pathetic (laughs) picture of me.
1: But I also
2: enjoy an electric electric heated throw. And I'll just sometimes back in the day when I traveled, I would even travel with it. I just find it like totally makes me feel secure and relaxed. It's like like, a weighted blanket. I was gonna say,
1: do you like a weighted blanket too?
2: I don't own one.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Right. Gentle X-rays. No, that's the thing. (laughs) I've been told that it's like that, and I don't. I'm kind of neutral on the lead apron <laughs> right you're
1: more but mm-hmm. you're a heat person less of a I'm lead a heat, person
2: yeah heat person yeah, yeah. less of a weight person but full disclosure i was supposed to receive a, a weighted blanket because they were a sponsor on my show and it accidentally got sent to the wrong office and then i was told it would be forwarded to me and it never was i imagine because the postage of a weighted blanket is just yeah, too yeah. much, insurmountable. Like yeah, they're like, what do you <laughs>
1: want me to fucking do with this?
2: <laughs> How do you um, guys feel about them? Weighted
1: I blankets? I like a I love a weighted blanket. Mm. Uh, one of my cats peed on it recently, oh, no. so I gotta do a whole thing there to, to remove that uh, wonderful scent. Uh, <laughs> but I love it. Uh, we also, full disclosure, we did an ad for one as well, and I love a dental X ray. Uh, mm. I love, you know, all of... I, I just love the the feeling of it. Yeah, just want to crush my chest. I think I made a Crucible reference when we were doing the ad. Yeah. I, just wanted, just I
0: think ways. one of, one of the things that they asked us not to emphasize, but I think I can talk about now, great babysitter for children who are like... <laughs> <laughs> One to two, you just like throw that thing on top they're of them, good, and man. they're they're good. Yeah, they'll eventually fall asleep. They get tucked uh, up.
2: <laughs> Am uh, I right? You guys are a weighted blanket podcast, right? Am I right that they're kind of all small though, or is like, it like full body size? Full body
1: full body um, the one we did yeah and i got yeah, i yeah. i kind of i went a little too overboard with the weight to the point where i was like, ah, <laughs> uh,
2: like it is comfy but like
1: a little too much like my yeah. partner was like trying to get it off me he's like you weren't breathing and i was like ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, it was a lot it was a lot uh, but the, yeah. the thing about the i love um in japan we like we keep talking about japan is like heated carpets are a thing in the winter where you'd put this basically throw, like carpet sized heating pad underneath your carpet. So, like, because you slid on the floor a lot in Japan. So, you just have this nice heated carpet. I wanna have, I wanna bring that vibe like to my home, but it's just so hot. Like, there's no need for it. But there's just something comforting about just like laying on an entirely hot rug too. Yeah.
2: I love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I need my that in my life. in-laws who are Korean are way into heated blankets, heated everything. All heated I've everything noticed up. that just like overseas like heated towel racks are almost like very common, like much more common. I think heated things just in general are, are less common in in the United States. And this just shows how just cultured,
2: elegant and um worldly I am and I didn't even know. I right, know exactly. You are.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
2: uh what Heat is a cheek. myth?
0: What is something uh people think is true you know to be false or vice mm. versa, something false.
2: Mm. Think I think there's this idea. I okay, I had this idea that in order to get pregnant, all you have to do is stop preventing pregnancy. Mm. I uh you know D.A.R.E. and and Sex Ed and Safe Sex and all that was so, like, beaten into my brain. Um, that sounds more violent, but I just mean I, gr- <laughs> I grew up so afraid of all the things that come with sex that I was like so, you know, I didn't. The idea of not practicing safe sex was just I couldn't even imagine it. Like mm-hmm. the first time I had sex, I took a pregnancy test, even though we also used condoms. Um, this is too much information, but I just was <laughs> so afraid of it. Um, I really expected that like the minute I try to get pregnant, I will get pregnant because it's, you know, and for me, it was so much more difficult. I didn't even consider the idea that it might be, that it just isn't going to be super easy. And we, uh, um, I've been very public about it on my show. We ended up doing IVF, uh, for both my kids. So it took a whole team of scientists and a lot of money in order for me to get pregnant. So that I don't want to be, I don't, Lest anyone young listen be listening to this, it might be super easy for you to get pregnant. Right. So it still is easy for a lot of people. For me, it was not. Yeah. And judging from the standing room only crowd at the fertility clinic, for a lot of women, it is not.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The those like sex abstinence talks that because I went to like a Lutheran like middle school where. First of all, they showed us the most dated fucking footage of anything. Like, I didn't know what my own penis looked like based on what they were showing (laughs) me. I was like, what the fuck is this? It looks like a cross section of like a Pringles can. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck we're looking at. So, A, they did us a disservice there. And then I think, but also like the big like awareness around safe sex also kind of swung my pendulum the other way where I was very uh, concerned about like, any kind of sexually transmitted diseases and yes. things like that. I was always like, no, no, we always wear condoms. I was mm-hmm. like my friends who would like, even in college, they would be in committed relationships and like not using condoms. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Good luck, bro. We'll see how that goes. And like, we've been together for three years. I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, well, I still have this teacher's voice ringing in my ear that all it takes is one time. Same.
0: <laughs> um, all right, guys, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk about the news. And we're back, and uh, the the Republican Integrity Watch uh, has has <laughs> officially completed. We know uh, officially there won't be enough Republican senators to stick to their policy on uh, whether a Supreme Court justice should be confirmed in a election year. Well, see, because last
1: time it was different because there was a Democratic president and then a Republican Senate. So now that it's a Republican Senate and a Republican uh, presidency, that's why this time's different, is right. one of the asinine, <laughs> uh, you know, logical explanations I've heard. Or totally, it. totally.
2: Right, which is like playing Monopoly with someone, and all of a sudden they just reach over and they grab some of your Monopoly money, and they're like, oh yeah, we have a rule where 37 minutes into the game, we just all take 600 of your dollars um, didn't you know about it? Like that? To like, does anyone believe that this is a rule or that this is precedent? Because no. it's never been precedent previously. Well,
1: yeah, as far I think as I this, understand, this is where like our tools of using historical references and precedent are just ineffective against right. the opposition. They don't. They don't care. They're like, right. look, the the problem is mathematically. You know, I'm speaking as a GOP. They're saying we don't have enough fucking people that believe in our mess of a platform because it's so racist and hateful that we all we can do is suppress the fuck out of the vote and rely on this completely imbalanced system of representation to use minority rule to just hammer through the most fucked thing. So, yeah, we're going to do whatever the fuck we can at any point because it's it's a cornered animal. Like it's it's in a fight for its life at every point. And Democrats are always sort of like. Yeah, well, oh, wow. I mean, Lindsey Graham said we should use his words against him. <laughs> and yep, check this out. Cut to he doesn't give a fuck. So what now? Like all all this, I think really needs to signal to people is that there are like the rules are completely gone. Um and that things actually need to happen in terms of um addressing these kinds of like just completely bad faith uh maneuvers from from the GOP.
2: Right. I do think Democrats get a bit distracted by these arguments and then attempt to dismantle them as a, and then that's just sort of like getting distracted by this shiny thing over here. When I, and I, it does seem that way. They're, they're going to do it if they can. Yeah,
0: they did right. it because
2: they could back in 2016 and they're going to do it because they can now. And it is so depressing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, to your point, Miles, they, they're fully aware that they are the minority in a democratic, uh, institution and so they have this insurgency mentality where they are just always looking for ways to cheat the system Um I guess my question would be the, the only thing that's left because I, I was under no uh pretense that they were going to not uh move forward is like will this hurt them politically like will the people the independents who are like yeah sometimes I vote Republican sometimes I vote Democrat like see this and just be, I mean, it's, it's wrong, right? Like it's transparently wrong.
1: If anything, like Democrats just be like, this is why you can't trust these fucking people. They're despicable. Like, and just let that be it. Be like, this is despicable. I'm not, I don't need to talk about their hypocrisy. They've proven how craven they are. So there's no point in like trying to convince a Republican voter. They're like, Hey, can you believe how hypocritical this entire party you've been supporting? Like through thick and thin is It's like, they don't care they have Bread. their end game of this like ethno state with you know christianity at the top and like cis het people like ruling the entire globe but regardless of what happens you know even if democrats can stall something out and they they aren't able to get anything done before january we have to add seats to the supreme court i mean that's like pretty much the only way to to try and level this because you have lifetime appointments and even if you know pr- let's say biden gets in and they are still able to block someone, the block the Republicans from filling Ginsburg's seat, and then they put a liberal justice in there. You still have a conservative-leaning Supreme Court that will be more than happy to obstruct any of the policy goals that the a Biden administration would have, just because that's what the Supreme Court is there for. It's like if you argue and sue enough, you'll eventually find your way to, in in D.C. and be in front of a Supreme Court that's more than willing to help.
0: Right. Yeah. And- you know, I've seen the argument made that, well, once the Republicans are back in power that they'll just add more until it's like Handmaid's Tale, basically. And, you know, there there's just like thirty uh, Supreme Court justices and we just keep adding
2: more and more. Supreme Court justice arms race. Right. Seriously. There'll be more people on the court than there are not.
1: Right. Right. Then there are like Congress people (laughs) like, okay, we have six hundred fourteen or six hundred thirteen Supreme Court justices now. Right. Right. Uh, But I mean, but that's to your point. Like, I feel if you're a Republican, you got to think like if we don't do this, like we're we could be done unless Democrats still want to be humane with us, even though we've been so inhumane with everything constantly. But I still feel like, you know, Joe Biden in, in his heart, he still feels like there's like that bipartisan thing that can still happen even though they've fully taken their masks off and they're like we're not really here for that we just right we're just grinding this thing out till the wheels completely blow off
2: it's interesting miles the way you describe the republicans um as a cornered animal that appeals to me because i see (laughs) them more as um a behemoth
1: Mm. right no i mean it's so desperate you know before it was easy when you know, the the stock market was doing great and they didn't they could do everything behind this veneer of like being proper. But now their idea like the heat has just been on like it's just I've been saying it's like a stew that's just been reducing and reducing mm-hmm. and reducing and all that it's now we're just you've burnt off any of the people who were with it when it was more like this sort of apple pie white picket fence idea of like American conservatives. And now it's been boiled down to like no, we're looking for, we're more like Reconstruction, Jim Crow type people, uh, right, and right. that's kind of the vibe, and because of that, yeah, numerically. Just the
2: essence of Republicanism now. Yeah, right.
1: and you're just outnumbered, and you're only dealing with the most hardcore now, and because numerically, you are at a disadvantage, like, absolutely, like, you their, their backs are to the wall, and that's why everything is so just awful, because- that's sort of, you know, when you're at the end of your, you know, at the end of the road or going to you a You think cliff, this like, is the
2: end of the road for them? Like, again, I, this is very appealing to me because not, I not feel that like, like they vanish. are going to grab power and have power for a while. And that's what scares me.
1: So, you know, what I mean to say is that it's not that they're going to vanish and then we'll never hear from them again. It's just that they are unable to with the way the, you know, society is moving and what is becoming more normal and who how we think of humanity, that their party just isn't going to augment their numbers at any Mm -hmm. point. So in that sense, there's a desperation because the ideology has gone completely flat and it's no longer inviting more people into it they will absolutely be able to find to ways to stay in power because they're willing to go to depths. Most people didn't think anyone would, but that's where we're at. So yeah, I mean, not to say, I mean, I wish it was something like a, you know, Wicked Witch scenario and and uh, The Wizard of Oz and it's just like, bye. Uh, but yeah, it's just more that you're like, oh, they're desperate and there's nothing more dangerous than, you know, a cat like trying to avoid going into a bathtub. Like, and right. except this cat has like a ton of like, Adamantium claws and like fucking weed whackers attached to it, so it's like fuck. Yeah,
2: that cat will piss on your weighted blanket. Oh yeah. Oh
1: yeah. I already did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think the fact that they combine the aspects of a behemoth with the aspects of a cornered animal is what's so scary. To your point, Allison, like they are they are acting desperately and also have like three of the four. Uh, major governing bodies in the United States with the Supreme Court Senate and presidency. So like, yeah, it's like the, the same thing with we've had death cults before in the United States. We've never had a death cult where the messiah is Trump, like with QAnon, it's where the messiah is the president of the United States. There's like a lot of unprecedented things that I think could lead to unprecedented, uh, You know, fascism in the United States where they just like grab the power uh, because they can or because there's they're scared of losing it.
2: I had a dream last night that I was talking. I think it was like at Starbucks or something. And I was talking to someone and the woman behind the counter said something um, about Stalin And about the direction the Democrats want to take this country. And I was like, okay, well, it's very clear to me that we are opposed politically and blah, blah, blah. And anyway, I ended up having this conversation with her about like communism and fascism. And I woke up and I was like, holy shit, like my stupid Twitter fights are invading my dreams. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I don't even get a respite from it when I'm asleep.
0: Right. Yeah. No, it's, uh, and it's not going anywhere. That's why I wasn't on Twitter
1: today. I'm like, yeah. That's yeah. The, after watching the social dilemma, I'm like, yeah, right. The only way I can actually rest control over this thing is to disengage from the fucking like whatever. The, it's like the ring of power. Like it, suddenly, it's it's like whispering to you, and you're like, fuck, let me harm <laughs> myself by opening it yes. for a little bit more. And that's I think when I started seeing like how I was like almost exhaling, like I was about to lift weights before I opened like a social media application. I was like, oh my God. Like yeah. I was I'm I was stealing myself to use an application where I'm interacting and I'm like, nah, that's that's fucked. That's fucked. Fuck me. Right.
0: Well, let's look at just how far from the kind of down the middle democratic beliefs of, of this country the uh Republicans have gone with uh the leading candidate for Trump's Supreme Court pick, uh Amy Coney Barrett. Um yeah. sh- so she's affiliated with Uh, A type of Christianity, a type of Catholicism called the charismatic movement. Um, And specifically, uh, she comes from like a family, like a lineage that is heavily involved in the People of Praise group. Uh, I think they said her father and her husband's father were both like leaders in this organization and they continue to be uh, involved in it. Oh, so they're good.
1: They're involved in the church. Right. So the people of
0: praise group. uh, So they have heads and handmaids. Um, This is actually the actual inspiration for uh, Margaret Atwood's handmaid's tale. Like she had when the New Yorker went and interviewed her and she like showed them some of the documents from when she was brainstorming the handmaid's tale. Uh, she had an article about this group uh, underlined with like handmaids underlined. So yeah, they have a thing called heads and handmaids. They basically believe that uh, the husband is in charge of his wife uh, and that like basically there's like a mentorship system where people within the group who are considered like leaders will dictate to people who are like their charges, what, what, who they're allowed to date, what they're allowed to do, how they Great. raise their children simplifies it.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Great. So, so what's the problem?
0: <laughs> Sounds like she's um, a
1: good Catholic woman. Yeah, uh, involved in the orders. church and is all about mentoring. Sadly, the names are a little weird, and yeah, maybe it's tied to some you know fantastic novel. Oh, uh,
2: well, boy. apparently after the show, the book, sorry, after the book came out, they there was too much pressure on the names, So they right. so now instead of calling them heads and handmaids, they just call them leaders. But uh-huh. we know what the names used to be.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, just like the idea of this. Right. It, I can't imagine what it looks like during a confirmation hearing. When they're talking about so in this group you would follow people around and report them for doing things that were untoward based on the belief system of this group. Yes, yeah. and then they could be punished. Yep. Okay. Um what Yeah, one of
0: the former members' quote is they're very watchful of their people. They report things to your heads if they see you out doing things you're not supposed to be doing. It's very much a big brother type of thing. Um so Law and order, yeah, what a bunch of know, narcs.
2: Law and order
1: party, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. But yeah. Narcs just telling like, you RA. <laughs> yeah, someone's like, I don't like uh um uh, Mrs. Barrett because she's like kind of a narc, dude. Honestly, like <laughs> that's kind of fucked up. I get it, you're a judge, but like also like that's come on, that's fucking. Weak. This is
2: some um Rasputin shit. Yeah, like right. the caris. So I looked up the charismatic Christian movement because I thought it just I thought it meant like mega church, um. Right. But the charismatic they do speak Christian, in tongues,
0: so there is that, yes, there's that similarity. so they
2: believe in like the the spiritual gifts, the charism or something, which is like there's all these spiritual gifts, and they can do miracles, they believe in healing, so like laying of hands, they speak in tongues, they do prophecy, they and then there's some that are like less uh what the fuck about them. But still, this is that's intense, like that's yeah. intense. If you heard, if you saw someone on the corner who looked disheveled speaking in tongues, you would steer clear of that person.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: But now we're going to confirm them, potentially, to the Supreme Court. Um, But yeah, when I say it's Rasputin shit, I just mean that, like, she doesn't, I doubt she's making decisions on her own. She's connected to this whole party that now is going to be at the levers of power. This is not separation of church and state at all. And also, apparently, she, like... Diane Feinstein said something to her like the something this the is not it was like, the dogma loudly. is strong in you or something. Yeah, lives
1: loudly within you. But- yes.
2: Amy Barrett claims she can separate the two, but I'm I don't I don't quite buy that.
1: I wanna what they should do is like hook her up to like a brain activity yes. monitor, heart rate, breathing monitor, and then play the WAP video on loop <laughs> and just see if we'll know. We'll know. <laughs> well, no. Yes. What's firing off when she's when she's watching that, or if she's like, or if Loki, she's feeling it. Then they're like, I don't know. She she might be cool. She, this <laughs> she, my, might. she might be friend because her husband just sucks. But that's the <laughs> other thing too is like, what influence does would her husband potentially have? Like she's already saying that she's in subscribes to this belief where she is subordinate to her husband, and then but. But even then, we're expected to believe it's like, well, we're not going to go that far where I'm going to affect her work. I mean, yes, I'm her boss, and I tell her how to cut her hair and what to wear and how to smell and what to eat and (laughs) when to eat and how many times to chew before swallowing. But I would never tell her how to, you know, decide on a case with something to do is like in, you know, I don't care, like abortion, whatever. I don't (laughs) care. Like, that's her. That's her call.
0: MBD. (laughs) The fuck right. out of
1: here! That's like this is it. Really is. It's just it's 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 unnerving, and it it's just so bizarre that we're looking at somebody that makes like Bre- a Brett Kavanaugh look like Ibram X Kendi or some shit, like the right. most woke dude on the planet. You are like what? But um, yes, this is. But you, these are the kinds of people you need because also the other benefit to having her is she's only forty eight, so right. she, she could serve for a hot minute, like for a while. Um, and that's why I think yeah, we just. Having to keep our eye out, and that's why again, it's this is how the consequences of uh, this decision could could have you know echo for generations, depending on how uh, Democrats respond if they're able to completely uh, come to power.
0: All right, let's uh, briefly talk about the grim milestone, uh, as I think it'll be called in every headline in every major newspaper that America just crossed with two hundred thousand dead uh, from the coronavirus. It's brutal. It didn't have to be this way. Um, and yeah I, yeah, I just go back to that article uh that I talked about from where they looked at the coronavirus uh outbreak and pandemic like it was a airplane airline crash and you know did a did the black box recovery on it and we're just like, yeah, this is basically all pilot error. This is all uh you know, mistakes like there were systems in place to help deal with this and that would have uh, stopped this. And instead, we had a pilot who was actively, you know, doing the opposite of what the protocols uh, tell you to do.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And people like aren't, you know, if <laughs> like Trump supporters, when you say this could have been avoided and, you know, you have these like really seemingly sound debates or discussions or arguments about like, this is where they were negligent. This is where they missed an opportunity. This was also a missed opportunity. This is the quote to back it up Uh, that the pivot is just to, oh, well it doesn't exist and it's actually not that bad. Um, And that's, that's what's also frightening too, because I think even if they don't, think it's not that bad. There are so many people that have, even if you don't know, if you don't know someone personally that lost their life, your life has been affected by this tremendously because of how this was mishandled. Like I have two family members that passed away in Japan that I have not been able to go and mourn their deaths because I can't travel. And I know so many other people who have either braved cross-country travel, international travel, despite that, because we just, there are certain things we're trying to do. But at the end of the day, because the leadership has been so awful. You know, we've only just managed to exacerbate this to a point where, like, we honestly don't think we could have even imagined.
2: What yeah. drives me baddie are the people who try to spin it like 200,000 really isn't that much. Yeah. You know? Um, the number of like, it's really just a small percentage and we're going to change our whole way of life just over this, you know, tiny percentage. And it's like, well, we changed our whole way of life after 9-11 and that was far fewer people. Yeah. This is
0: 67 9-11s in terms yeah. of death toll. Right. Yeah. Trump just gave a speech where he was, uh, where he talked about how nobody, nobody knows anybody. It barely affected yeah. anybody. And yeah, I mean, it's again the bipartisan playbook for leadership in a pandemic that like everybody agreed on ahead of this one is slow steady repetition of the same talking points of like the facts that everybody agrees on uh, grant your seal of approval to a scientist and keep supporting them don't insert yourself like don't put yourself out front and like he did everything the opposite of that to the point that that sounds like i was just like writing that up as a contradiction right. of like everything he did but that that was the playbook before and he completely disregarded everything
2: and yeah. then the woodward stuff that came cuz before it was like oh he's just a huge idiot and then the woodward stuff came out and it's like no he he knew what he was he knew the truth
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. um and now it's less than uh most americans are wary of the vi- of the vaccine to the point that they won't get the they say they won't get the first uh the first Wave. vaccine because you know people on the left are wary of it because trump has like attached his name to it and also uh you know has made Great it seem like they're just they're just ramming something through to for his political purposes um and you know people on the right don't think it's real i guess so yeah. and also our anti-vaxxers
1: i mean just to you know there are a lot of articles trying to put into perspective numerically what two hundred thousand deaths is and it's you know on the smaller scale it's the number of people who have died from heart disease over a 16 week period or the estimated people who have passed away from cancer in a 17 week period um but then you start getting down into it, it's fifty-five years worth of deaths in fires at the current U.S. you know death rate in terms of structural fires. It's seventeen hundred years of Afghanistan war fatalities. It's wow. fucking twenty-eight battles of Gettysburgs. It's eighty D days worth of dead people. It's fucking fifty thousand Benghazi's worth of dead Americans. Mm. And I think that's what's even really, you know, that's just how, you know, again, these people, nothing, what they say is actually what they believe. The end game is always just about to cause as much, you know, just to reestablish de facto white supremacy in whatever way they can get away with. And that's the bottom line, because I guarantee you, if the numbers look differently and a majority of the COVID fatalities were white Americans, uh, I think there would be some alarms going up more, but unfortunately it's people of color that are bearing the brunt of a lot of the fatalities. So, you know, let's, let's just pretend it's, it's something that people we don't know get.
2: And also if it happened under a democratic president, he would, you'd never stop. I mean, you're, we're still hearing about H1N1.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's why I think anything that like a Republican says after this presidency is just absolute bullshit. Like there's nothing. It's like you completely showed you've, you've revealed yourself to be a fucking spooky ghost. Spooky, right. racist, ghost, hateful motherfucker. So anything, don't complain to me about whatever you think ex president did because you were fucking, you were front row at the hate show, uh, right. screaming your ass off, uh, and like don't the uh, the idea that there is anything they could be outraged, I think is just preposterous.
0: Mm. Um, but what about her emails? Uh, all right, let's take a <laughs> quick break and we'll be Fuck. right back. And we're back. So General Mills has this new promotion that they're doing. Where uh, I'll just read from the announcement: General Mills is bringing back the taste and shapes that ruled your Saturday mornings in the '80s. Cocoa Puffs is bringing more chocolate. So basically, like they're saying, we're going back to the original recipe. They're doing like a a new Coke back to Coca Cola classic on Cocoa Puffs, Cookie Crisp, uh, Tricks, and Golden Grams. In on Golden Grams, they're like, honey is back, which well, so they high weren't those corn, si- corn syrup is out. <laughs> right. So they, apparently they changed the recipes on these products without telling people. I don't think people realized that they, you know, they, they didn't do the Domino's thing where they were like, sorry, our food sucked for so long. Please right. uh, accept this new food. And I don't know. It, it's just interesting to me to think like, are there other products like uh, McDonald's famously changed the recipe on their French fries, like they uh, fry it in a different type of oil now.
1: Oh yeah, it's not. Be- well, you used to have beef tallow. Beef tallow, part yeah, of it? yeah.
0: Yeah. So now it's I think more of a vegetable oil, and there's a lot of people who claim that it's much worse and. I don't know. There, There's also the type of banana we eat today are completely different from the types that made bananas popular in the first place. Uh, in the like 40s and 50s, bananas were supposedly a more sturdy and tasty uh, version called the Big Mike. And then something called Panama disease came through and wiped all those out. That was banana the, COVID. Yeah, exactly. And they had to replace it with What we have now, which is the Cavendish banana, uh, which is is an apple colonizer. Yeah, that's like a apple ass name. The (laughs) Cavendish, like that sounds like a yeah. Yeah, that ain't it. That's like Macintosh. That's come on.
2: The The banana industry should go like excavate. Some um, big Mike seed and bring it back and brand it in the same way the cereal company has because I it sounds like we've never had a banana the way we're supposed to have a banana.
0: I think that I this doing a little bit of research on this made me think that bananas are a real growth industry because first of all, bananas are the most popular food in America. Like they're the food that is eaten more than any other food and. Uh, the country, I think, just by like uh, mass. But also, we only have the one type, whereas with apples and everything else, with grapes, we have all these different types that you can use, and then bananas is just right. one type of banana. Here's your Cavendish. Yeah. <laughs> Eat your Cavendish. These I think are-
1: d- uh, I feel like very specifically, I know you think Pepsi hits differently, Jack, now, but I think Caffeine free Diet Pepsi in the gold can. That wow. shit doesn't hit the same. That really? shit doesn't hit the same. Not since the Not since the nineties. Shout out to wow. my friend's grandma. A wonderful Scottish. She got woman. you onto that. Yes. Nana, uh, she was a, she would smoke her cigarettes and drink her caffeine free diet Pepsi. And like, I was like, what the fuck is, what is she on about? Cause I didn't have soda in my house. So right. I, I would drink it and it was fucking, I don't know if it was a gold can, but I still remember having it like maybe two years ago and it just was fucking, it was not right. There was something slightly off and it could just be that my taste buds are completely different. But I like, like to think I'm a, I'm a diet, diet caffeine free Pepsi truther.
2: Pepsi or Coke? Is Pepsi in the gold can too?
1: Pepsi was in the gold can as well. may have changed the brand. Yeah, diet caffeine. Pepsi was in the gold. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I was saying that I feel like Pepsi used to be more delicious, but that also might be me. Just like (laughs) as a kid, wanting a massive like amount of sugar just dumped into my. Because that's like the thing with Pepsi's like sweeter, which is why it wins the taste tests. If you're just having like a sip of it, it's better. But if you're trying to drink a whole can. If you're not a kid who's just like, take my teeth, give me all the sugar. <laughs> this uh, <laughs> this
1: whole segment sounds like we're in the year 2040, where none of this <laughs> shit exists anymore, and we're just right. like, yeah, man, remember Pepsi and the gold can?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, bananas, brother! Oh, the vibes.
1: Uh, oh boy,
2: I didn't know that Pepsi was sweeter. I I think of myself as someone who prefers. Well, I prefer a clear diet soda, like uh Sierra Mist or Diet 7 Up or Diet Sprite that's actually what I reach for and the reason is because I had clear braces back when those were all the rage yep. and the braces themselves were porcelain but the rubber bands would get stained from Diet Coke, so that is. I used to prefer Diet Coke, but I switched at that point to the clear ones, and then that has the, my my love of those has stayed this whole time. But you know, at like a rep back in the day when we left the house, at a restaurant or something, I would always order a Diet Coke, and they'd say is Diet Pepsi okay, and it was. But I preferred I prefer Diet Coke, so I, yeah, I was unaware that Pepsi is sweeter.
0: I I, know. Uh, I will say no. I'll just have a regular Pepsi. If it's between Diet Pepsi, if if I ask if for a Diet Coke, and they're like, "No, is Diet Pepsi okay?" I'll I'll just have a regular Pepsi. I I yeah. do not like Diet Pepsi. You'll be like, "Well, time. I'm
1: calling the police now."
0: Yeah. <laughs> May I speak to your manager?
2: Do you think for these cereals, going back to their retro version is was like their nuclear option there, like in case of emergency, break glass? Because you're right. By doing it, they're admitting that they were using these kind of bullshit ingredients all along and they hadn't told us.
0: Right. Yeah. I, th- I think maybe, or it's just a miscalculated, like going back. To like trying to play on people's nostalgia. It's part of this thing they're doing where they're doing like a drive through event at the Rose Bowl with hosted by AC Slater. Um, <laughs> Mario. Where yeah. Uh, where they're going to like watch Saturday morning cartoons and like give out bowls of old school cereal. Um, oh, wow.
2: It's interesting if you think who they're targeting. Like they're not targeting the sugary cereal. Kids right. with their like it's, it's us. Yeah. yeah. Well yeah. The,
1: it's because junk food is like king in the pandemic now.
0: Yeah. We were talking uh our writer JM was pointing out like all these pandemic specific ad campaigns like Coke and Pepsi uh both launch specialty cans to
1: celebrate and thank healthcare workers. How about you donate some fucking money?
0: Right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> fuck
1: a stupid can. You know, they'd really like some PPE.
0: Yeah. And also sugary beverages are like a major cause of obesity in America. And obesity is like a major risk factor for COVID. I think it's forty eight percent people who are obese are forty-eight percent more likely to die from COVID. So it's just kind of a weird look on their part.
1: Well, you know, you got you gotta you gotta make money too. You know, that's like <laughs> that's the thing which is so funny. Like part of it's like sort of like feel good, but then it's like like it's feel good, we can make some money. And we don't look like total shit for like sucking up all the world's water, uh, right? So let's just do that.
0: Heinz called their workers keeping America's ketchup supply flowing everyday heroes, uh, <laughs> and the the tagline on the ad was "We got you, America." Um, and meanwhile, they were called out by workers for poor factory conditions after the pandemic started, and they were still encouraging people yeah. to come into work while sick.
2: Such a weird response. It just feels really exploitative to me. Yeah. Right.
0: Exactly. 100%. I mean, every company had the same exact response when the pandemic started. They because you couldn't distinguish one ad from the other. It was all the same B-roll from a stock footage house of like people Being at home with their kids and then, you know, just piano
1: music was really. uh, Hey, in these times. In these times. Now more than ever. And now more than ever. It's like everything.
2: When you guys email someone, like, what do you say? Because I I would say, like, hope you're, you know, well, parentheses, as well as well as well as can be expected. I don't even know what to say anymore.
0: Yeah. Mm. I just don't email people. That's (laughs) my. That's smarter. St-
1: I just I, disappeared off the grid. I don't know. I think I sign off with a pleasantry because I feel like starting off, it's like, we get it, dude. Every, every, every Everything fucking sucks. Uh, yeah. Right. Like, I was joking yesterday with uh, our guest before we were like, when we started recording, I was like, how are you, Caitlin? And then I, we were both like, ah, what the fuck? I even fucking asked yeah. that. <laughs> like, who gives a shit? I was more like, you're breathing? Yeah. Nice. Heart good? Yeah. Great. Let's, we'll keep it there. <laughs> like, we'll focus on the things that are like, great but yeah it's such a difficult question because you know there was that even that study that said how much of an effect this the pandemic and media coverage has had on like the american psyche and Mm -hmm. people's sense of well-being and how it's gotten like so many people in a depressive state um it's yeah so like it it, it's it, it we're even robbed of being able to like we're all just like emo teens where we'd rather be like
2: hey Fuck,
1: right. Whatever. I didn't
2: ask to be born, especially yeah, not now. Exactly.
0: Right. Uh, Burger King, by the way, encouraged people to be couch potatriots. Uh, <laughs> fuck off and <laughs> stay potatoes. home of the Whopper. Uh, yeah. So, wow. Some companies got it right, is what I'm saying. Ca- uh, okay,
2: <laughs> couch potatriots actually makes me smile a tiny bit. I mean, it, like I feel like it's kind of clever. But, but fuck them anyway.
1: I'm yeah. not. Yeah. I'm not. Look, I'm not going to lie. I, I snickered. I was like, all right, you're <laughs> <pit-triot."> a <laughs> <laughs> uh But uh, in this context, you're like, oh God, it's so fucking like, and then I feel bad. I'm like, yeah, that, that made me laugh at the thing that killed 200,000 people. Right. Because uh, yeah. I think that's sort of the bottom line is too, which is weird is that even like when you have big. You know, Burger King sombreros that keep people six feet apart or whatever <sighs> that are like fun to look at and are easy, like social media fodder. Like it's still like born out of that, it's all set with this terribly dark backdrop. Yeah. Um, and it's just sort of like, uh, yeah, I guess this is like the little weird, dark shred of happiness that it's very get. it's, like, it's, it's so very weird.
0: dystopian the giant social distancing burger king crown sombreros is really dark there's like a dos a cooler that's six feet apart they notice they like seize on to the one detail that's like easy to get your mind around and that is of course the thing that like turns out to not necessarily be uh <laughs> right true the oreo did a thing where it's like eat your oreos without using your hands because that's a that's a way to, because hands are dirty, I guess. Uh, but obviously, <laughs> uh, obviously, eating things like off the table is probably not like a, a <laughs> yeah, more right. sanitary way of doing it. There's also some really fucked up s- stuff, uh, with baby formula companies and the way that they are advertising as like a more healthy way of feeding your baby during the pandemic. Like there was a uh, in Vietnam, one company photoshopped a face mask onto a baby and also uh, photoshopped the baby giving a thumbs up to it's a discerning
2: to th- baby who is uh, cares about safety
0: right yeah another vietnamese company advertised its formula uh not with a picture of a baby but with a giant photo of the director general of the world health organization uh because they're like this is and it yeah again it's there there's a long history of companies that Produce formula, trying to convince people that formula is the healthier, more sanitary option than breast milk, even though doctors and experts claim that's
2: not the case. So I don't really understand what they're suggesting. Are they suggesting that breastfeeding your baby could pass them covid or yeah. just the like, their, just the skin-to-skin contact is unsafe? because Yeah,
0: it's like gross or something. I don't know. I don't understand. Weird.
2: I mean, if it was like someone else breastfeeding your baby, I could understand. Okay, maybe not right now. But if you're the one breastfeeding your baby, I don't right.
0: know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it just I, seems like it's of a piece with this wider genre of formula, companies that make formula doing shady stuff to imply that this is actually the clean, healthy way of doing right. things.
1: Right? Yeah. It's, yeah, great. I think just like, this is like association. Just by association, it's better. It's like, yeah. yeah, at a certain point, you're like, oh, wow, this breast milk container has like a sick-ass Lambo on it. Maybe my <laughs> kid will be like successful and drive a Lamborghini. <laughs> it's like, you just right. make someone feel good. So you're like, yeah, yeah, fuck it. I know one probably doesn't have anything to do with the other, but yeah, you did it.
0: Uh, there was also the... Pepsi slapped its logo on a sign for a COVID-19 testing site in a Walmart parking lot. I think that was my favorite example. It was eventually taken down uh, after- for, for being too
2: complaints dystopian, right? Of
1: the, yeah, quote, dystopian hell that it evoked. <laughs> so, COVID uh, nine tes- the COVID-19 testing, right now! Come tomorrow! <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>
0: Uh, Allison, it's been a pleasure having you on the daily zeitgeist. Uh, where can people find you and follow you?
2: It's been so much fun. Thank you again for having me. Um, You can find me and follow me at Allison Rosen, A-L-I, just one L, um, -L A-L-I-S-O-N-R-O-S-E-N on Twitter and Instagram and listen to my podcast, Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. Uh, That comes out Monday and Thursday. And then my Parenting-ish podcast, and I say ish because I would say like half our listeners don't have kids. You don't need them. Um, uh, That comes out on Wednesdays, every other Wednesday.
0: Nice. And is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying?
2: Okay, so this one involves a tiny bit of a backstory. Uh, my husband's last name is Quants, and he comes on my podcast a lot. And we have this running bit that he's going to start a Quibby competitor called Quabi. And mm. uh, the joke is going to be Quibby is like quick bites, so it's like short content. And a Quabi is going to be like an entire movie. That is delivered all at once. So when you pr- play your Quabi, it just goes, eh! <laughs> you get like the entire like, movie. Super <laughs> fast. Yes. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so he responded to a tweet from Variety saying Jeffrey Katzenberg's Quibi is looking to sell itself. Oh, yeah. And shit. he wrote, as CEO and founder of Quabi, I would like to announce that we are looking to acquire Quibi. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But it just amu- the wordplay amuses me.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, Miles, where can people
1: find you? What's tweet you've been enjoying? Like uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, sometimes. I don't know. Depending on how uh, in touch I am with my emotional state, <laughs> I, may, I may respond. I may look. I, sometimes I won't. Uh, but yes, at miles of gray. Uh, also, my other podcast Four Twenty day fiance with Sophie Alexander. We're just getting high and talking about 90 day fiance, you know, or, you know, what we call a uh, cheap ass therapy. Um, <laughs> so that's what we're doing on that. That comes out Wednesdays and Thursdays. Uh, some a tweet that I like. There is one tweet that I like. I was able to muster the energy to cast my gaze upon this cursed device uh to get one good tweet it is from eve donnelly uh which is actually dana donnelly's younger sister so she's Mm. at eve effing donnelly uh and (laughs) she tweets what's the german word for spilling bong water all over yourself in bed at 7 a.m on a tuesday (laughs) (laughs) oh man
0: uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. A tweet I've been enjoying is from uh, one of the hosts of Worst Year Ever. They certainly called it when they named their show that uh, late 2019. Their show about the year 2020. Uh, Cody Johnston at Dr. Mr. Cody tweeted, uh, this, was, this is a little old, but uh, really made me laugh. It was in response to the tweet where somebody was like imagining uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg meeting up with oh Chadwick it? Boseman. Yeah, meeting up with Chadwick Boseman uh. in heaven. Uh, and so Cody's tweet was RBG meeting George H.W. Bush in heaven as he gives her a peck on the cheek. Scalia is there next to Prince, who is his best friend. Wilford Brimley and Doris Day walk in, another peck on the cheek. David Bowie smiles. We saved you a seat. Oh. A fuck fest erupts, fluids everywhere. <laughs> uh, really got me at the end there. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnote. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on, Miles. What are we riding out on today?
1: This is a little remix, only on SoundCloud, though, because, you know, some of these mashups, the the record labels don't like them because people are using their artistic license to express themselves. But I find them fantastic. This is a remix of the N.E.R.D. track Lemon, uh, but it has like a funk disco vibe to it. So it hits completely different. And I know it's Wednesday, so it's Hump Day. So let's just, you know, let's use the energy of this to get to Thursday. Then you shut your eyes one more time. It's Friday, and then we can get into the weekend. Okay, so this is the L Train remix to NERD's Lemon. So peep that.
0: All right, we are gonna ride out on that. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. That is gonna do it for this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending and we will talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye.
1: I
2: get it how I live it. I live it how I get it. Come the motherfucking tape. Pull it with a lemon. Like she ain't living. It's just the ass gets Listen a scrimmage. Motherfucker, we ain't finished. I told you we won't stop. A nigga by the pennies. Like yours, but you win it. Wave low to the tunic
1: in the bay raw. Ruffy, get the lens rock. Right. Got the
2: window down top blown up. Got the hazard on winning doom pop. You can catch me, read in the new luffer.